Todd, welcome. Teague Talks, your gem for coming. I, I like the tie. I mean, you guys in Spartanburg, South Carolina, all suited up, even through the pandemic. And it's how we roll, man. You know, look sharp, be sharp. You know, all that. That's the way, we, way we've always done it. I don't think it's ever going to change. Yeah, good I, to see I, you. Full, full disclosure, I wore my silver suit today for Corey. I can I, tell I, you. He always wore that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I appreciate that. And and uh, I, it's, uh, it's it's well noted that you stepped it up. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. I think he wanted to accentuate his, you know, glowing silver locks. I, I'm true. trying to hide mine. Yeah, I know. Me too. Me too. Yeah. It's not working very well for me. That's right. Um, good to see, you, by the way, uh, uh, last week at Marriott. Yeah. Uh, and at the services for Corey, uh, God bless. Um, I, I just want to say you did a fantastic job, if I haven't told you that. I Thank really you, man. thought you, um, I really thought you spoke for everybody. I thought you were very eloquent. Um, and I thought you nailed the room, by the way. It was a who's who of the hotel industry, of the Wofford uh, University, of OTO. Well, thank you for saying that. That was, um, you know, probably the hardest thing I've ever done. But it it was you know, really an honor and a blessing. Um, I'm sure I'll get emotional a few times during this and apologize up front. But, you know, honor and a blessing to sort of reflect on my life with him and to talk about you know, how his life impacted mine and, and yours and, you know, 1500 other people in the room. Uh, it helped me start healing a little, little bit better to kind of face all that at once and to, and to talk about it and in a room like that. Um, but thank you for saying that. I'm glad you were there. It means a lot. Um, I was going to ask, so how did it impact you? But go. Well, it, at that particular uh, event, um, I first told Amy that I don't, I can't do this. There's just no way I can do this. You know, it's, uh, you know, the life I spent more of my, of my life with him than anyone else. And, um, you know, blessed for that. And, you know, just the whole that, that I have, I didn't think I could, um, speak through that so that people could hear what I had to say, but, and I read, read through it once with my family before going and that didn't go very well either, but they, they, you know, they helped me kind of laugh through some things and sort of try to get some nerves out, but then seeing what Corey's daughters did before me, uh, you know, gave me the strength to say, I can do this if they did it. And, um, just to be able to, you know, sort of open up myself and, and really, you know, feel emotions that I, you know, really have always fought in my life and um, just be more expressive and, and understanding what I'm going through, something like that. But yeah, it was tough, but, um, but it probably gave me, you know, more courage to do that type of thing. Um, not that type of thing, but things that are that daunting to say, you can overcome this if you just kind of dig deep. I think Corey gave me some power there. Um, he would have done it for me, would have done it, I think, much better. But he, he, um, you know, just kind of just dipping back into the strength that he's he's given me through the years and, and watching the family and being with them and understanding the scale of the loss they've had. It's uh, I felt it was important to do it and to speak for me and the company and as many people as I could touch. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was kind of a transformation for me. Yeah, uh, and it's and it's not over, right? The transformation gets to continue. I mean, it's only been a couple of weeks, right? 
Yeah, five weeks. That's right. Yeah. God bless. Yeah. So, uh, what are you learning about yourself in the five weeks? You know, it's um, I think people surprise themselves about how you can step up sometimes when you're faced with things that you you don't want to happen, things you don't expect, and you're faced with challenges. And you you know you got some choices. You can either sort of crumple from them, or you can and face them head on and try to and try to step up and 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 to be there for all 2,600 of us at OTO who, you know, have put their work lives and personal lives kind of behind Corey Oaks. And we all want to see, you know, his legacy continue. And um, now I've been, been with him for longer than anybody and, and seen the master at work. And I've learned a few things along the way, but uh, it's really just, you know, my dedication to him and, 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 and his, his memory and his legacy and, and to, to all of us here who, you, who are OTO. And, um, that's kind of what's motivated me to, to say, yeah, I can do this. I'm going to do my best. I'm not going to be Corey. No one ever will be, but that's, uh, I'm going to do what I can. We have a fantastic team. What, uh, what do you, what'd you learn from Corey? What's the best number one trait you learned from Corey? You know, that there's, there's so many things that, you know, you, you know, he's, he's just yeah. so gifted. What, what we have, um, we've got OTO as part of the Johnson group and, you know, longstanding relationship with that family, you know, invaluable mentors and, and friends. And we, we codified, you know, four or five years ago, what we call the guiding principles. And, and really, it, you know, Corey personified, personifies all of them, each of them. And, but seeing him kind of live those and once we got these things down on paper and, and you know, kind of understood, yeah, I should live your life and work and at home. It really clarifies a lot of things and makes things easier. You know, if you have a set of set of rules that you're going to follow, the, the gray area goes away pretty, pretty well. I mean, Corey's integrity put up against anybody you've ever met. I mean, he's never going to tell you something that's not true. He's never, you know, he's always going to shoot you straight. Um, is you know, his, his sort of infinite energy, um, you know, was, was something to behold. And, you know, we call that initiative as one of our uh, guiding principles. And, you know, he lived that every day and pushed that on everyone else and me. And, and he always wanted us to be better, wanted himself to be better, wanted me to be better, wanted all of our teams to be better. And he wanted to do what he could to help, help that. Um, the thing that's probably most impressive about him was his ability to connect with people. And, you know, he connected with you, you know, you didn't see him, but a couple of times a year, but you considered him a dear friend. I'm sure he yeah. considered you a dear friend and thousands of people around the country feel like that where, you know, he was their best friend or a very dear friend and, and somebody that they, that they would call for advice about whatever it was. And, and, um, you know, very, very special person. I, I've never met anybody like him. And, you know his his ability to put to to put others first is probably one of the greatest sort of life lessons that 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 I've I've seen him live out every day, and um, you know genuine concern for others, and uh, you know just uh, just an amazing role model in in every facet of someone's life. Yeah, they were at the services. There was a group of us standing around, and. Uh... Uh, Andy Wimsat step said, uh, I, I knew without a doubt that I was his best friend and his, certainly his, 
favorite broker. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah and, and exactly. he said that yeah. to an audience full of brokers. And, yeah. said, and I know each and every one of you would say the same. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a perfect way to sum it up. And um, George Johnson stepped in my office just 20 minutes ago and said the exact same thing is that how many people do you know who would consider Corey their best friend? Right. And exactly what you're saying. Yeah. All right. So remind me, when did you guys meet? How long ago was it? 20 well, years it ago? was, it was uh, 32 years ago, okay. 33 years ago. Two years. Yeah. A little, 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 little while ago, Corey and I both uh, got our first sort of real jobs with, with George Johnson and, and his, Blockbuster video franchisee based here in Spartanburg. Corey went to Walker Down, went to Sewanee, and um, he went straight out of school. And I piddled around for a little while before getting a real job. But and we were on, and he was in the construction side, and I started off in marketing. And um, we were on parallel paths that didn't really intersect a whole lot for the first couple of years. And then when our franchise group was bought by the parent company down in Fort Lauderdale, Corey moved down to Lauderdale with some other folks and started running Blockbuster corporate from Fort Lauderdale. So I was still in her Southeast started doing real estate deals out of the Southeast and um, saw him every now and then, but, but not that often. We really kind of became tight when in uh, 1994, we sold Blockbuster, the whole company to Viacom and decided to start extended stay America. So that's where it was just a couple of us who started that company. And, um, and between between the three or four of us, we knew Jack squat about logic, but uh, and and Corey was heading up the construction side, and and I was on the real estate side, and we were just kind of side, trying to figure out what the heck we were dealing with here, what kind of opportunity this was. But what why did you lodging? Do you remember why you picked lodging? Well, why not, man? It's uh, it seemed reasonable at the time. We'd stayed in hotels before. We, sure. you know, Hampton Inn was fine, but uh, but why lodging? Yeah, you know, we liked rental businesses. We liked, um, the ability to create some scale at the time in, in the mid nineties, th there was no competition for ESA. There was residence in with some Homewood with some and the suburban lodge down at the bottom. And we felt like, you know, here's an opportunity to go build, build a brand out, you know, let's call it extended stay America. Let's put kitchens in there a little bit better than suburban lodge. And the demand seems to be everywhere. And, partly because we were too dumb to know that it was impossible. We put the machine together and built 475 of them in, in nine years and operated them all. You know, something that looking back on it, you'd say, well, there's no way someone could do that. We didn't know it was impossible. So we just did that. And, um, but you know, the greatest thing that Corey and I did together in the very beginning was to hitch our wagons to a family and, and an entrepreneur and a group of operators, the Johnson family that, have been the trajectory for both of us and, and their vision and, and their drive and their, their dedication to growing people and to taking advantage of opportunities um, is what sort of got a step, step, step to here. And um, that's been sort of the greatest blessing for him and me was, was how we started and the great fortune of, of starting with the Johnsons still with them and plan to be with them a very long time. Yeah. What's that? My grandfather's old saying was, it's not what you know, it's who, you know, Yeah. right. So yeah. uh, between Corey, between, the Johnson family. Yeah. Oh, Hyzinga's in there somewhere, but yeah, Wayne, Wayne, Wayne was, um, you know, the, with the blockbuster start, he, he was the chairman of the board and, and the head of that group when, and, and he was also the chairman at extended state America when we launched that. So Wayne has, has been a visionary leader for us and for the Johnsons for, for many, many years. He's, he passed away three or four years ago, but, um, 
Yeah. So remind me, when did we launch OTO? In 2004, after we sold ESA to the Blackstone Group, we just the next day said, "Okay, well, let's let's start uh, let's start something else." We've we've learned a little bit about lodging since we started ESA, and um, yeah, we recognized some opportunities there. We um, at the time we started ESA, there were more Hampton Inns in South Carolina than there were in California. So we said, "Okay, here's an opportunity, perhaps, to go build this." very solid brand in the suburban markets uh, in California, in the mid-Atlantic, Northeast, and in Florida. We were looking for, you know, good commercial sites in growing suburban areas. You know, pretty simple deals to execute, kept it fairly prototypical. We did Spring Hill and Hampton mainly in the beginning, and we were merchant builders. The plan was, you know, this is the mid, mid-2000s where, you know, you, you build them, and by the time you open them, you got a buyer ready to pay something that gives you a crazy return. You take those proceeds rolled into the next one. So we did that for uh, the first three years until the music stopped in 2008 and realized, well, that doesn't work anymore. And we opened 17 hotels in 2009, which was a bad year to open 17 hotels, being a new company that had to form an operating business. So that was not the best idea either. But um, you know, like we've done at many steps along our various businesses and stages, we've coming out of that, that financial crisis we recognized there were some uh, deals we could do that weren't available to us before. And we, so we adjusted our strategy and said, instead of just sort of picking around the edges of these major metro areas, let's go to the bullseye. So we did, you know, instead of doing Erie, Pennsylvania, we, we built a Hampton Inn right around the corner from where the ball drops in, in Times Square. You know, in California, instead of doing Modesto, we were five blocks from the pier in Santa Monica. And... You know, in D.C., we, Sterling, Virginia was the first phase. And then the, the, the next phase of urbanization, we built Hampton Inn two blocks from the White House. So that, that kind of thing is how we changed our strategy to go into the core. And that was right when urbanization was happening and we could actually yeah. find sites and build things. Yeah. What year was that? Years. That was probably uh, we started that in in 09 and 10. We got our first deals, urban deals going. We built a Hilton Garden in Noma in D.C. That was our first real urban deal. That one actually was going sort of through the financial crisis and there were some struggles getting that through but we had some good partnership with with Doug and the Stonebridge guys to get that one through that mess but we kind of learned from that that we can manage some complexity and then and then started working on on Times Square things and Penn Station stuff and and you know have since been you know honing our strategy and and have adjusted a little bit really past four years we've, we've been focusing more on acquisition of existing hotels and repositioning positioning them, rebranding them, adding our management as a um, as our main vehicle for growth. So, you know, past past um, four years, I think we've done a billion dollars worth of of new projects, and most of those have been through fifteen acquisitions, and we've had also four construction starts that have completed. But we're still in the construction business. We've got a couple under right now. Uh, we think that's a great way to deliver value, but you know that construction pricing risk and timing risk is just getting tougher and tougher. Yeah, so talk to me about that. And, I, you know, that's part of your style, but what do you think the future of OTO is? I mean, you know, oh, by the way, we got some headwinds uh, coming at us right now. So Yeah, um, you know, the future, I mean, what we've been doing has been, been working pretty well by, you know, focusing on this blend of acquisitions in these premier areas. You know, like we bought a Hojo on the beach in St. Pete Beach, Florida. Yeah. It hadn't been a new hotel built on the sand in 30 years. 
the only way of getting in there is to buy something. So we'd been watching this hotel for about five years. And finally, the connections worked out that we got the chance to buy that one. And we executed on it beautifully, put in about 130 grand a room on it. And, um, you know, made it, made it into a fabulous hotel. It's got very high performing F and B nice beach bar that you would enjoy personally. The post I know. I've been there. Coconut Charlie's you've been there. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. And that's named after Charlie King, our CFO, as you might know. Thank you. There's a rendering of him there. I'm sure you have a t-shirt with his face on it from your visit, but thank you for your dollars. I might. So, so where we go from here is, um, you know, one of the great parts about being part of the Johnson organization is we've got committed capital. It's patient capital. There's no deals we have to do. There's no quota we have to hit every year for deals. If we find deals that deliver the kind of, you know, risk-adjusted metrics we're looking for, um, that we're going to keep growing. I mean, right now is a fairly unprecedented, at least in recent history, uh, struggle with, you know, where's inflation going, where interest rates going, Where's construction pricing going? And you know, wage pressures, pressures everywhere, right? So we're we're being more prudent, more cautious right now than we have been in the past four years. What's your answer to all of those questions? Well, um, we we've learned how many times now that predicting the future is pretty tough. Um, but you know, I think if we continue to focus on getting the type of assets and sites and markets we've been we've been doing for the past three or four years. We've got a very long horizon view that, um, you know, a great site today, a great asset today and a great market with a bright future is going to be great 20 years from now. And that's kind of our horizon, 20 plus years. So um, if we could, you know, find something where, where it seems like a reasonable going in number and um, then, you know, we're going to keep looking at it, but we're, we're not, um, we're not anxious to get money out. And I, and I think we'd all like to feel a little more stability of our footing before we, start getting aggressive, but the best deals we've ever done as a company a couple of times through now have been out of disturbances and disruptions, right. you know, out of the, out of the GFC, the best deals we ever did there basis wise. And during COVID, you know, in the past, just 12 months alone, we've closed on nine hotels and started construction on two more. So we've been aggressive coming out of this disruptive period of COVID when they're probably more sellers than normally would have been. And we think that the general point of view for us is there's going to be some more disruption coming. We think there's going to be a little bit of a, uh, maybe a heavier fall on the recession, who knows. Um, but we're kind of gearing up for some more opportunity to be coming because we know, you know, we're not, we're not through the Valley yet, but um, very encouraged about our recovery pace. We've got a lot of hotels in the Bay area, seven on the, on the peninsula, you know, Silicon Valley type hotels. Oh. And, we were just talking with a revenue management uh, director uh, today, and she was saying that this Tuesday and Wednesday should be record Tuesday, Wednesdays for us. And next week could even beat um, this week's Tuesday, Wednesday, because we've got some big groups in house. And we've also got some corporate activity returning to the Bay Area. Been a long time. And sorry, I'm going to be real clear because I think this is important. But when you call it a record, you mean an all time record, not just a record since COVID or in the last week, but at all right. record. Yeah. yeah. On for a Tuesday, Wednesday. Right. Yeah. You okay. know, our weekends have been, we're a little stronger this summer. We've got a much heavier leisure beach focus in our portfolio today than we ever have had. But now we're starting to see this midweek recovery that we, uh, you know, this part of September and October are traditionally very strong corporate travel months anyway. But, 
we've been very pleased with the pickup and the pace we're seeing over the next 45 days. And you think that's going to continue? We, you know, this is what's the, what's the next the 45 days are a great period. And, you know, around the holidays, things will slow down like usual. But, you know, we're already seeing some um, some encouraging stuff for, for the fourth quarter and even into the first quarter in some of our beach markets. So it's tough to know how far out it's going to be sticky, but it's um, it's nice to feel very encouraged by some trends that, that we've been waiting a long, long time to see show themselves. I just think that the, we're going to see several years of really, really way below average supply growth. That's going to help all of us sort of get that occupancy back to where it was in, in 19 and moving forward. But, you know, we don't, I don't see rate, you know, dialing back substantially anywhere. seems like with the overall inflationary environment, people, you know, this is kind of sticking, but you know, as long as the, the, what's going on macroeconomically doesn't really damage the whole demand profile of people having budgets to travel and feeling like they have enough in their bank account to go on vacation. So we're not, not modeling that to happen and hope we're right. Do you think construction costs are going to go down? I, we've heard some things very recently about construction pricing flattening, not but good. I think that's the first step. And, and, you know, coming out of the great financial crisis, overall construction pricing went down about 15% from pre to, to, you know, 2010 or 11 with what I would imagine is going to happen with the housing starts is also going to be dramatically reduced. So on the development side, do you think you guys are going to pause? I mean, even though you can, because your banking relationships and your construction experience, you guys more than anyone should be able to get this stuff done. But That's you, right. That's right. Going to pause? And if so, is it for six months? Is it for two years? Or do you know? Well, I, would, I would say not a pause. We've got, we just started construction on AC in Naples and AC in Jacksonville, the town center yes. just a few months ago. So those were, deals where the pricing went up astronomically over a six month window of budgeting it to the final, final bids. But the, the deal still made sense with what was going on in the markets and the quality of those, those deals. Uh, we've got another site we're working on, on Long Island. That is, is a development deal that you know won't be ready to start for till probably the end of next year. So we're still moving forward with that one in, in normal pace. And, the value creation that you generally can create by new build in the right place is tremendous. It just has a lot of timing risk to it. And, you know, if you're looking at a pro forma today, trying to model what it's going to cost to build 18 months from now, very damn difficult. We've had trouble budgeting a renovation that's just three months out. You know, that has come back wildly uh, sporadic. So that that modeling is, is the tricky part. So you need to go into things with a, with a broad berth. And we still are are wide open to looking at new development deals, but we do love this acquisition model as as a quick return, possibly lower risk, a uh, little bit easier financing situation. Remind me how many hotels you guys have again right now? We have we have forty now. We manage twenty eight others for third parties. Yeah. yeah, we got two under construction, and we'll close on another acquisition by the end of the year. How many think you have a year from now? We'll probably have. Um, I think we'll probably have. 44 to 46 a year from now. Yeah. Or are, yeah, we, selling, are we selling anything? I mean, we haven't sold anything right? since, since 2016. And, no. you know, we talk about it every now and then about, you know, changing the weighting of our portfolio to certain regions. And, and we really love the Southeast. We really love these markets where, where jobs are moving, where people are moving, where, um, you know, where supply is manageable. But uh, we, we have a, 
just a tremendous portfolio. And, and just to give you some examples, our in 2019, our portfolio ref par was $185, which is pretty good. And this year will probably be- And you have a lot of portfolios. That's right. Yeah, exactly. And and it's select service. So the margins are very good too, right? So um, we like what we've done. We like that model. We're going to keep doing that. And, you know, particularly with, you know, hiring is very difficult for every company and every business. Hiring is difficult. So having that more more simplified uh, operating model, I think has been very key to our ability to sustain this and to come out of it strong and and to uh, still have a very bright future ahead of us. Uh, I think your future is super bright. So, so but let's let's talk. So let, let let's talk about about Todd Turner, the CEO. Right. <laughs> I mean, what we knew Corey, we knew Corey's style. What is Todd Turner's style of leadership, as you see it? Well, um, I, I loved being Corey's wingman for eighteen years. I mean, that was like. I used to tell my wife, that's the greatest, I have the greatest job in the world. Uh, Corey's, I'm not so sure if that was the greatest job in the world, but here I, here I am, I have it. And, you know, Corey could, uh, could own a room. I mean, you saw him, you know, walking down the hall, at these lodging conferences, it's like you're walking down there with a superstar. Um, and, you know, he, he never wanted the spotlight, but it was on him a lot, right. Whether he wanted it or not, but he's just such a humble guy. And, and it was all about the team and and he, he'd be the first to tell you that that our team is OTO and, and that I'm you know so what he did is he he laid the tracks in, you know into our future right through his, his years of effort his, his years of impressing upon all of us little piece, pieces of him and giving you know little bits of his energy to all of us and we all share his 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 uh, his vision so he put the tracks down and 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 really, we're we're all dedicated to staying on those tracks, and 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 you know, with the Johnsons providing tremendous mentorship and leadership and guidance on where we want to take this company, uh, they're they're so open and available to me as a new leader in in this business. Um, but he's provided just so many examples of of how I want to be. I'm not going to try to be Corey. Nobody can be him. That would be that would be inauthentic and would come off weird and. Um, I mean, my style is probably make sure we have the right team on, on the track and get out of the way and let them run and, you know, provide some coaching and cheering along the way. And, and, you know, obviously have to provide that strategic guidance about, you know, where are we going to be on the growth platform? You know, what type of managers are we going to be? What type of F and B complexity do, do we want to deal with or farm out to other people? The organization we have and the, and the experience that we have is just fantastic. I'm just so lucky to have inherited that, um, where it's, it's just we keep doing what we've been doing and, you know, real estate group is, is phenomenal in, in, in our success. They're so key to what we've done. So, yeah, my style is, uh, and that's going to, I think it's going to have to evolve too. I, I was, you know, as I said, very happy being Corey's wingman, but, um, but I feel like, he, I feel like he, he's my wingman now. And, and, you know, if I have have these sort of touch points of just kind of thinking about, well, you know, how would Corey handle this? What would he say? How would, how would he do this? I mean, he's always going to be with me to, to, to help me through some, some tough decisions and, and, uh, and tricky moments, but um, I've got a lot to learn. And, and that's the mode I'm in right now is, is, is meeting a lot of individuals in different departments that I kind of was in my silo of real estate. And I didn't really understand the complexity of what they do in revenue management every day, or, you know, how much is involved with all these HR decisions with our 2,600 people. 
you know, these important things that, that Corey knew very well. So I'm kind of uh, in that mode of, of learning and, and meeting people and understanding where we have challenges and, and, and where we need some guidance. But fortunately, the house is in good order. So what's your message to your team as we're wrapping up here? Give a message well, to the OTO. Team. I mean, the, the message, I think, is we need to take care of one another, that that we are OTO, you know, Corey was, was the big old capital O of OTO, but he infused in each of us, um, his qualities and, and his drive and, and his motivation that, that if we didn't share all that, we wouldn't be part of the team. We wouldn't have made it. We wouldn't have cut it. Um, so the message for us is, you know, we need to keep executing like we have been, like, like he taught us to, and like he would want us to. And, you know, we owe it to ourselves and we owe it to him. We owe it to the company and to our teammates to, to keep, uh, keep moving like we have and, and delivering at a very high level every day. Listen, you, you've got, and I'm being sincere. I, I know you're most, a lot of your team, your team is, is incredible. Uh, uh, and you're a fantastic guy and you've got Thank a you. lot of skill sets and I know you're going to be a great leader. Thank you're you, sir. You're really well. And it I will be different. Um, it just is, but uh, I got a lot of confidence. And we're cheering for you. So good luck. I, I appreciate that. I, you, you're a dear friend, and I, I appreciate that very much. I know you mean it. Uh, and I watched you crush it at the service. So I know I know thanks, it's Tom. you got it. <laughs> uh, Todd, thanks for doing this. Thanks for letting me barge in. I wanted to get your raw emotions and feelings because uh, that's what it is. And we'll come back and check on that's you. That's right. Any All right, brother. Take, thanks, pal. Good to see you. See you, man. Thank Todd. you. See you. Bye.